Welcome to Leading the Way, a ministry of Brooklyn Baptist Church in Chesney, South Carolina. Join us each week for practical preaching and foundational truth of God's Word. Here's the pastor of Brooklyn Baptist Church, Clay Collins. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Our prayers that the song and sermon will be a help and encouragement to you as you listen. Today on the broadcast, we're going to start with a song by a ladies trio out of our church entitled, He Loved Me to Death. Then we're going to go right into the message, and this message is entitled, Armed Against Adversity. And we're going to take our text from Ephesians chapter 6, and today on the broadcast, we're going to lay the foundation for that whole armor of God that is mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. This will be part one of a series of messages that we're going to feature in the days to come on the broadcast. So get your Bibles open, Ephesians chapter 6, hear the song by the ladies trio, and then God's word preached today on the broadcast. There were no flowers, only thorns, no costly clothes, just a robe that was torn. He never gave me diamonds or gold, but the story of his love is the greatest ever.
first of all, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The first thing he says here is, you, if you're going to get in this fight, if you're going to accomplish anything for God, you have got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Can I tell you this today? I don't want anybody to fight with me that is not strong. Amen. If I've got to get in a fight, I'm looking for the biggest guy, the toughest guy, the roughest, toughest guy I can find, the strongest man I can. That's who I want in my corner if I've got to fight. Well, I want to tell you today, every one of us needs to be strong. Not in the gym, so to speak, strong, but strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We will never do much for God if we're not strong in the Lord. You're not going to bench press many pounds if you're not strong. You're not going to accomplish much in the gym if you're not strong. You're not going to accomplish much in a physical battle if you're not strong, if there's not some strength there. But notice verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord, not be strong in the world, not be strong in the newspaper, not be strong on social media, not be strong on all of the videos circulating around. Not be strong about the latest and greatest thing that has hit the surface. Not to be strong in technology. Not to be strong in all of the other things that we can consume our mind in. But be strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. That word might means strength, force, and energy. Preacher, what are you saying? We need to be strong in Him. Because He is our source of energy. He is our source of strength. He is the one we get our strength from. We need to be strong in the Lord. Number two, we need to be standing. Amen. He said in verse 12, excuse me, verse 11, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He said in verse 13, wherefore taking you the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand And that word withstand means to set yourself against, to brace yourself. In other words, if I'm expecting uh, something to happen, I'm going to brace myself. I'm going to withstand. Many times the reason we get knocked down is because we're not expecting it to happen when it does. In our Christian life, we get the place where we think we've accomplished something. We get the place where we think we're above something. But the scripture said, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. We get the place to think, oh, that'll never happen to my family. That'll never happen to my my children. That'll never happen to our church. We get to thinking, oh, we're doing pretty good. And when we least expect it, that is when Satan comes by and knocks us off our feet. But here's the thing. The Bible said not only we're to be strong, but we're to be standing. We're to brace ourselves. We're to be standing strong, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I remember as a kid many times in elementary school, we'd play this game called Red Rover. How many of y'all that comes back to your memory? Y'all remember that game? In other words, and we probably didn't even halfway know how to play it. But what we loved to do was run at the other side wide open and see if we could break the barrier. That was so fun. You know, you always wanted the big kid. I'm, I'm not being me. You always wanted the big guy to be on your team. Because when he ran to that other side, he was going to break it. But a lot of times, here's the thing. A lot of times, uh, and, and I'm not picking on anybody, the smaller people, and many times the girls, when that big guy come running, this is what they done. 
You know why? Because the enemy or the adversary was coming and they weren't prepared and they weren't strong and they didn't feel like they could withstand the adversary or the other side coming against them and so they just dropped their hands, let them come through. Sooner or later, the game's about over. But there was just something fun about when you say Red Rover, Red Rover, send so-and-so right over and here come that person determined that they're going to break the the bond and the, the withstanding and the strength of that other team. And boy, you love to break through that barrier and say, man, I'm strong. Man, I can do it. Man, look what I've just done. I mean, there's just something about that. What I'm saying is, you say, preacher, that's elementary. I know that. But what I'm saying is, just as in Red Rover, when you bond together and you get your grip together and you make up your mind, we're not going to let the devil, we're not going to let the enemy, we're not going to let the adversary get through. That ought to be the mindset of the local church. We want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We want to be standing. We want to having done all, everything thing we can do. I don't want to let my hand loose. I don't want to let my grip loose. I want to hold on. I don't want to let me be the missing link or the missing chain. I want to do all that I can do to withstand and to brace myself for the attack of the enemy. Amen. We see not only are we to be strong with the Lord, we're to be standing against Satan. He said to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So many are doing exactly what many do in that game. They're dropping their hands and saying, enemy's too strong. Enemy's too big. Enemy's too ugly. Enemy's too this, that, the All the excuses. It's just a different day, preacher. It's just a different generation. We can blame the baby boomers. We can blame the millennials. We can blame Generation X. And I always find it funny that whatever generation you're is, it's always another generation's fault. Oh, it's never our generation, preacher. It's always somebody else's fault. Seems that the seniors blame the young people and the young people blame the seniors. Everybody's blaming somebody, but here's the thing. Let's quit pointing fingers at everybody else on our team and let's yoke up together and link up together and make up our mind. Let's stand. Let's be strong. Let's be standing in this day. I don't know about you, but I want to be like verse number 13. I want to having done all to stand. Here's the thing. We may go down. There may be times we lose a battle here and there. There might be times we falter. And there's going to be. We're flesh. I appreciate the honesty of these. This morning at Open Assembly that said, Preacher, I mess up, but I'm thankful he forgives me. A lot of us need to take our halo off and get to remember we mess up every day. We're not going to win every battle. There are times that those fiery darts of Satan are going to puncture us and thank God for the forgiveness of God we can come to God 1 John 1 9 we confess our sin he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us but what I'm saying is this many people have just quit trying many people have just said hey I'm done with this I'm just putting my hands down I'm done standing I'm done being strong and here's the thing they've gotten to the place where listen the devil's whooping them up one side down the other. Preach it where you need to be. We need to be strong. We need to be standing. We need to be shielded. Number three, verses 14 down through verse number 18 begins to deal with this whole armor of God. Can I say there are three different types of Christians that I'll run into? Number one, those that are unguarded. They're not guarded at all. They, 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 and, and let me say that I'm not mad at them. 
Many of them just don't know what to do. Many of them haven't been saved long. Many of them have not been in the scriptures long. Many of them have not been discipled. Many of them really have no idea what to do. They're walking through this life. They're not shielded. There's no convictions. There's no guards. There's no anything. They're walking and they think, man, I just got saved or I've been saved. And they, then all of a sudden, boom, the devil begins to attack. The devil begins to hit them and they tuck tail and they run from the church. They run from the preacher. They run from everything that seems like it's got the name of Jesus on it because all of a sudden they don't know what to do against the enemy. They're unguarded Christians. They're not trying to be strong. They're not trying to be standing. They're not trying to be shielded. Hallelujah. Thank God there are some weapons of our warfare here in verses 14 through 18. We can be shielded. Hallelujah for the shields that God has given us. These shields remind me of convictions. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? They're, they're guards we put in our life to protect us. Many Christians who have not matured, they don't understand that. You get to talking about convictions. You get to talking about guard. The, the, the Bible talks about that the, 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 the gird about the loins with, or excuse me, the loins gird about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Listen, even the mightiest, mightiest soldier in the Bible, Goliath, had armor on. Don't think you've reached a place you can take your armor off because you're above something. Listen to me now. Even Goliath, the tallest giant I can find recorded in the Bible, had armor on. It even told us how, how heavy that his armor was when you study that passage. Wonder why it told us that. Probably to remind us that even the biggest giant in the Bible didn't think he was above anything. Oh, he was prideful, but he had that armor on. That shows you he, he wondered even in fighting. He put that on. Here's the problem. Many Christians think, I've left a good revival. I've left a good service. I just shouted the glory down at the local Baptist church. Boy, we're walking on cloud night, and that's when the devil comes by. Boom, and there we go. We fall down. We're not standing. We're not trying to be strong. We're not shielded. Can I tell you this? The one place you determine I don't need help there is where the devil will find that open hole and attack your life. Preacher, I'm doing pretty good in my marriage. Next thing you know, the devil puts a bullseye on your marriage. Preacher, I'm doing pretty good in my daily scripture time. Next thing you know, the devil puts a bullseye there. Preacher, boy, I've been in a prayer closet here lately. God's been hearing and answering prayer. Boy, I feel like I'm walking on cloud night and the devil begins to put his bullseye on the prayer closet. I'm telling you one thing after the next, the devil will find any outlet and any location on your body that is not guarded and not shielded to put his fiery darts to wrestle with you to do everything he can to invade you and get you to mess up and not stand that's right but we need to be shielded notice in verse number 12 he said for we wrestle wrestle now I, I, I didn't wrestle in high school brother Cole you wrestled in high school maybe some of you others have wrestled in high. I, I, I didn't wrestle in high school and, and I'm not talking about fake wrestling on TV no we're not talking about that we're not talking about jumping off the rope and didn't even touch nobody and to fall down. We're not, we're not talking about that kind of wrestling. I'm talking about serious wrestling. Serious wrestling now. I mean, listen, that, that's hand-to-hand -hand combat. That's, that, I mean, that's wrapping each other up and getting tangled up. And it, I'll be honest with you, I, don't take this the wrong way, but I just didn't want to get that close to guys. That's why I didn't wrestle. 
I mean, hey, hey, I, I didn't. I mean, I, that, that kind of stuff just didn't enthuse me. You know, I, I wouldn't, I, and, and I'm not against wrestling. It, it's okay, and I, I don't mean that wrong. What I'm saying is wrestling is close hand-to-hand fighting. Wrestling. Nobody's going to win in a wrestling match that is not strong. There's strength involved. Brother Cole, would you agree with that? There was strength involved. They put them in their weight classes and they, they divide them up in high school and what your weight is. But still, even in that weight class, it's a lot of strength. It's a lot of core muscles. It's a lot of knowing the right moves. That's in the worldly wrestling. Well, let's talk about spiritual now. Hallelujah. It's a lot of strengthening the inner man, a lot of core. It's a lot of what's inside of here, our core. It's a lot of being strong in the Lord, being strong in the scriptures. It's a lot of being strong in the prayer cloud. It, it's having that strength. It's knowing what to do. It's knowing who to run to. It's knowing where our shields and our guards are. It, it's knowing what move to make at the right time, even in the spiritual things. Amen. We find that we wrestle in verse number 11. We find in verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never been face-to-face with someone when they shot a fiery dart at me. I've never had a fiery dart shot at me at all. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this. You don't shoot fiery darts when you're close up. I mean, if, if I'm standing very close to someone like this, wrestling with him, I'm not going to shoot a fiery dart because by the time I do this, they've done knocked me out. Think about it. What I see in this text is this. There are days... That our, our fight might be, so to speak, close. There are days it might be from a distance. The devil will find whatever, uh, however far out or however close he's got to get to attack you. There are times when the devil attacks from very far away and he gets that bow and arrow out and he pulls it back with a fiery dart. He lobs it up and just right on time it seems to come down when we least expect it and when we think out of nowhere and lobs a fiery dart down right in our path. And There are other days it feels like we're hand-to-hand combat. We're boxing, we're wrestling, we're fighting against the devil one-on-one. No matter what distance he's got to go, no matter how far and how deceiving and how cunning and how sly and how crafty he's got to get, he will attack in many different ways, shape, form, and fashion. Even in this text, look what the Bible said. Wrestle in verse 12. Those fiery darts in verse 16. That seems at a distance, those fiery darts. In verse 17, it tells us that we're to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That goes back to being closeness. I've never used a sword to do anything unless it was close. Amen. I love studying wars, and I, I, I love especially the American wars that involved the United States of America. I like going back to like the Revolutionary War and the Civil Wars when it was more hand-to-hand, not, not just chemical warfare and all the distant stuff. I'm talking about when it was truly man-to-man. If you use a sword, it was because it was going to be close fighting. There are going to be days in your life it's going to be some close fighting. There are going to be days that you're to understand how to use the weapon God's given you. And the Bible said it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Preacher, what are you saying? We need to be trained in our offensive and defensive weapons. 
Oh, that loins girt about with truth, that's defensive. That breastplate of righteousness, that's defensive. That feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That word shod means to be shoed, to have a, a covering over our feet. That's defensive. Taking the shield of faith, that's defensive too. Resist those fiery darts coming in, that's defensive. Uh, listen, having that helmet of salvation, defensive to block the attack of the enemy. But that sword of the Spirit is offensive. Thank God there's defensive weapons and there's offensive weapons amen thank God for there's defensive weapons when we then the enemy is attacking from a long distance on the enemy tries to sneak up and get us but there are days we've got to take the sword of the spirit and when it's a close battle and when God we've got an offensive weapon to attack back with preacher what are you saying they're defensive there are shields in our life amen hallelujah to that this sword of the Spirit, the Bible said, which is the Word of God. You'll find in Matthew chapter 4 there when Jesus was tempted uh, in the wilderness. He went in the wilderness for 40 days. He fasted. He prayed. The Satan come to him. The devil did and began to tempt him. It was in those moments that Jesus kept saying, it is written. It is written. In a time when the devil is close to you, listen to me church. In a time when the devil is close, that's what that sword is for. Amen. In a time when the devil is closed, that's why God's giving you a sword. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? That sword is for close combat. When the devil gets real close to you, you know what your offensive weapon is? The Word of God. It is written. It is written. The same thing Jesus did. Those shields many times are not just for the close, many times even for the distant battles. Those shields are guards in our life even when we don't see it coming. Those shields and those guards are there to prevent us from getting in something we never saw coming. When I've got my shield out, it's because I see the enemy. And I see him attacking. And I know that if I don't take the enemy out, I'm done. That's when that shield is out, then we're giving it everything we got. But those guards, even from a distance... That's the way convictions are in our life. You say, preacher, why in the world does the church have a dress code? To try to be careful. Try to prevent the enemy from slipping something in here. Preacher, why do you stand on the word of God? And why, preacher, do you? They just certain places you don't go. Because I don't want that enemy somewhere in the corner in a deceitful, sly, cunning way to slip something in on me that I didn't see coming. Preacher, why in the world is there places you don't go? Why in the world is there things that you don't look at? Preacher, why in the world do you try not to go to these areas? Preacher, why in the world do you not like to deal with these things? And you, uh, It's because there's some shields I've got up in my life to prevent them fiery darts when I least expect it from attacking me and getting my mind in places it don't need to be, getting my heart and getting my thoughts and my eyes to looking at things it doesn't need to look at. Getting my ears to listen to music I don't need to listen to. And getting me to wanting things I don't need to want. Amen. But here's the thing. Three types of Christians. There's unguarded Christians. There's half-guarded Christians. And then thank God there's whole-guarded Christians. Listen, there are many Christians that are not guarded at all. They're not shielded at all. There are other Christians that are just half-guarded. They might decide to take one of these weapons at a time because they realize the devil is getting them in that area, but then they never take any other guards. And then there are Christians that are whole-guarded. They decided to do exactly what the Scripture says and take unto you the whole armor of God. We see not only we're to be shielded, but we're to be supplicating, we're to be praying. Notice what verse 18 says. 
praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I believe one of the armor that we have is prayer. I know that it, do, it doesn't come across as a quirky, you know, uh, armor, so to speak, illustration in this passage. But you'll notice at the end of verse number 17, there's not a period. In other words, the thought is not concluded there. But then he goes on in verse 18 to say, pray and always. Jesus said men ought always to pray and not faint. What are we to be doing? We're to be supplicating. We're to be praying always. Preacher, is that one of the guards? Is that one of the shields? Is that one of the weapons? Absolutely it is. It is. How's our prayer life? Preacher, I want to having done all to stand. Well, I tell you a good place is by bowing your knee and getting in that prayer closet in that secret place where the God that seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Preacher, I want the power of God on me. Let's go start in that prayer closet. Preacher, I want God's will for my life. Get in that prayer closet. Preacher, I want that anointing. I want that power on my life. I want the glory of God. I want all these things to be evident and illustrated in my life. Get in that prayer closet. Amen. Then lastly, we see not only we're to be strong, we're to be standing, we're to be shielded, we're to be supplicating, but we're to be speaking. Look what he says lastly in verses 19 and 20. He said, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly. I try to pray every time that God gives me opportunity to preach. God, give me boldness. To open my mouth with boldness. Why? Not to make an uh, ignorant person out of myself. Not to look dumb. Not to, not to get up and make a show of the flesh. But why? Look, to make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in bonds. That therein I may speak boldly. As I ought to speak. Hallelujah. Here's the thing, church. Many times we look at these weapons. We look at the defensive and offensive, the shields and the sword. We look at all these things, but we lose sight of the prayer and the preaching of the gospel. If I'm going to stand in this day and hour, yes, I need to be strong. Yes, I need to be standing. Yes, I need to be shielded. But I also need to be supplicating and speaking the truth of God's word. Because here's the thing in this day and hour today. Many Christians, they might be standing and withstanding. But they're a silent voice standing all along. They're not telling the truth. Oh, preacher, you know, we're, we're, still, we're still coming to church. Well, that's good. But what about sharing the gospel? Preacher, we're sitting on the pew. But what about speaking the word of God to those outside of these four walls? talking about praying and sharing the gospel. Those are part of standing as well. You know why it seems that the enemy is doing what he's doing in America? Because the majority of people have quit standing. And the majority of people have quit speaking the truth. Come on now. I know what time it is too. But we've quit speaking the truth. Oh preacher, you know, we just want what's comfortable. We're coming to church. That's We've done our part, preacher. What about speaking out for what is right? We don't like somebody to speak something wrong, but what about us speaking out what is right? 
What about us drowning out their voices with the truth of the word of God and speaking boldly, knowing what we believe and letting others know, hey, I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded, hallelujah. I know what I believe. You may not believe it, but you're going to know I believe it, hallelujah. I believe God. I believe the word. I believe what the Bible has to say. Standing for God is more than just, so to speak, standing here like this, but it's being willing at any moment to speak the words of Christ as well. We need to be having done all to stand. I ask you this, I, I say this, Paul said there at the end of his life, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I've kept the faith. Paul finished and Paul died on the battlefield. I think about the song, Brother Philip, you sing it a lot. Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. We would like to invite you to our services at Brooklyn Baptist Church. Our Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 10.45 a.m., and our evening worship is at 6 p.m. Wednesday night worship is at 7 p.m. The church is located at 8449 Harris Bridge Road in Chesney, South Carolina. If you would like to correspond with us, please do so by writing to this address. If you would like more information about our church or to watch one of our services live, please visit our Facebook page, Brooklyn Baptist of Chesney, or our website, brooklynbaptistchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day. Thank you.